Welcome to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller from WMHT.org. David Allen Miller conducts the Albany Symphony, and he provides commentary on the WMHT Live broadcast. David's commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of David Allen Miller's commentary from the concert broadcast on WMHT Live from WMHT-FM, your classical companion. The Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony concert broadcast is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. This very exciting program began with a world premiere. It's by the very impressive young American composer Missy Mazzoli, who's been our composer educator partner this year through a generous grant from the Andrew Mellon Foundation. That means she spent a great deal of time in our region. We played an existing piece of hers earlier in the season, and she's actually been coming into Troy, New York, to do a very impressive arts and education project with about 80 students in the music department at Doyle Middle School in Troy. And that project culminated during our American Music Festival with an amazing performance at the Troy Music Hall uh, in which these 80 kids, as part of a a concert we did celebrating the history of the Troy Hall, uh, came on stage, the entire band and the entire chorus, and performed this fabulous song cycle, four songs, four big choral songs that had been co-created by Missy and the the students at the middle school, uh, as well as a big, fabulous opening and closing piece for the band. It was a whole piece about Troy and its history sort of from the perspective of opening day at the Music Hall. But in addition to her very extensive arts uh, education project that she's been pursuing during the year. Part of the arrangement of Missy's residency has been that she would contribute a a brand new piece for our festival. So we we opened this subscription festival concert with this new piece. It's a piece called Holy Roller. And the way Missy described it is that she's always uh, loved religious and mystical music, but she's not uh, really that close to any one religion. So she decided she would invent her own, uh, even though she's a very spiritual person, she decided she would invent her own religion and sort of express it musically. So the piece is is thus called Holy Roller. And it's this kind of warm, delicious, very uh, atmospheric piece with lots of kind of intimations of chant and and of uh, of kind of ritualistic music. But it's a a very straight ahead, somewhat abstract, but very beautiful piece. Uh, And it is the opening program of our American Music Festival subscription concert. So here it is now, Holy Roller in its world premiere by Missy Mazzoli. The orchestra is the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. That was Missy Mazzoli's brand new piece, Holy Roller. It was played by the Albany Symphony and conducted by me, David Allen Miller. The second piece on our program was, in fact, the absolute sleeper hit of the entire festival. It was a piece that, quite frankly, the members of the orchestra and I approached with a great deal of trepidation because it's perhaps the most difficult, technically the most difficult piece we've essayed in the last 10 years or so. Uh, The parts are incredibly busy and ornate and very virtuosic. All the the instruments are asked to do things that are really at the edge of playability. So we, we spent a good number of months working at it, complaining a bit uh, and wondering if we could actually put it together. But I must say that as we worked very intensely through our American Music Festival week, uh, the piece came into ever more beautiful and stark and and extraordinary focus. And we we all, I think, fell in love with the piece 
and ultimately found that I think we, we really played it with great authority and, and great beauty. We were fortunate to uh, be joined by an amazing young American soprano, Talise Trevigne, fabulous young singer who's really kind of coming up in the world of opera. Uh, about the piece, it had been written in the 1990s for the legendary soprano Renee Fleming and had been premiered by her in two versions. It's kind of an interesting commission in that Aaron was asked to write uh, two versions of the piece concurrently, one uh, for piano and voice, uh, the other for voice and orchestra. So as he explained to me, it's not that he wrote a, it for, for voice and piano and then orchestrated or adapted it for orchestra. He really conceived a great deal of it as orchestral, but some of it is more pianistic, and it exists in these two uh, fascinating, uh, similar but somehow quite different versions. And both, if I, if I understand correctly, both, both versions were premiered by, by Ms. Fleming, the Minnesota orchestra version, as well as the piano, the piano orchestra version. Interestingly, the orchestra version has only been played a very few times uh, in the 15 or so years since the piece was written. Uh, it was played by the Minnesota Orchestra, obviously, at the Cabrillo Festival. And I believe this is the third set of performances, I, I frankly think largely due to the incredible difficulty of the orchestral parts. But the, uh, the version for voice and piano has had a huge uh, career thus far. It's been, been played and sung not only by Miss Fleming, but by singers all over the country and the world. And it's really one of Aaron J. Kernis's uh, sort of classic hits. It's a set of four songs, and they're four songs about love, because, of course, the piece is called Valentine's. But it's not uh, it's not the mushy, uh, yummy kind of love that we all assume and that, that the term Valentine's conjures. In fact, it's quite quite a different kind of cycle. It's sort of a little bit more cynical and a little bit more aloof and uh, takes a somewhat more mature view of love. Uh, there are four songs, as I said, and uh, they are two extraordinary poems by a poet named Carol Ann Duffy, a Scottish poet who I believe is currently the Poet Laureate of the United Kingdom. So she must be one heck of a poet if, in fact, she's the Poet Laureate there. Uh, and these four poems are are magnificent, fascinating, kind of updates of classic ideas that uh, are, are told in a, a wonderful kind of contemporary vernacular, but with a, a great uh, deal of insight and, and soul and, and great, great beauty. So I hope you'll be able to hear the texts because uh, they are so fabulous. The first poem uh, is called simply Valentine, and it is uh, about, about love, uh, my giving you my love, not in the form of some Hallmark card, but like an onion, something that you have to cut into and peel away at and that you know may make you cry a bit. It's kind of a, a tough love, beautiful but tough love poem, charming, fascinating piece. The second is a, a very slow and beautiful uh, piece called Miles Away about missing someone, I guess in essence someone who's far, far away and, and love at a great distance. And it's also kind of filled with kind of rather ominous, portentous images of airplanes dropping from the sky and all the terrible things that could happen to a person who's far, far away, or to you, the beloved. Uh, so on the one hand, it's a very soulful and beautiful piece. On the other hand, it's, it's filled with kind of terrifying images. The third song is really the heart and soul of the cycle, and it is an absolutely astounding song. I, I don't think calling it a song even does it justice. It's, it's like an entire... 11-minute opera in the space of one epic poem. It's called Mrs. Midas. And the idea is, of course, taking the, the ancient myth 
of, of King Midas, who everything he touched turned to gold, and kind of putting it into a contemporary framework. It's told in, in this very casual vernacular of a woman who was basically cooking dinner one night and looked out into the garden and saw her husband picking a pear from the pear tree. And as he picked the pear, the pear turned to gold and the tree turned to gold. And when he came in, the doorknobs turned to gold. And pretty soon everything was turning to gold. And it was this kind of horrific, terrifying thing as, as his whole world turned to gold and he was unable to touch or to become close or to, to get near anyone, including his wife. And she tells it as kind of this, this incredible unfolding of, of this, this kind of horrific tale. But at the same time, it's, it's filled with some incredible humor as well. Uh, ultimately, I, I gather he, he can't function and she puts him off in the woods in a, a trailer where he can't do any harm to anyone and I assume ultimately perishes. But the way she tells the story is just astounding and the way Aaron sets the text uh, is chilling and beautiful and, and just powerful. It's like a, a Verdi opera to me in, in 11 minutes in its, its wonderful narrative power. So that's the epic heart and soul of the piece, and that's followed, interestingly, although it's, it's a pretty hard song to follow in any sense, it's followed by a song called Who Loves You? And it's really just a, a lullaby or a spiritual uh, in that it has this kind of recurring refrain that, that gives great comfort and great solace. And, and it's not the kind of who loves you, baby. It's more about uh, how much I love you, the object of my desire. It's a very um, intimate and, and really heartfelt sort of song, quite a contrast to this rather overt and, and melodramatic song, Mrs. Midas, that precedes it. These are very um, sumptuous, incredibly romantic and and quite impressionistic pieces in, in we were very fortunate with this concert and that all four of the composers featured joined us for the concert and, and for uh, rehearsals as well Aaron was with us all week because we also also made a recording of Valentine so it will have its world premiere commercial recording when that recording is released but Aaron spoke about how much of an influence French music particularly WC Ravel the impressionists were upon him his teacher Jacob Druckmann at Yale uh, was also deeply, deeply influenced by Impressionistic music. And while his music sounds you know, certainly American and of our own time, Druckmann's music, and Aaron's perhaps even more, is just infused with this French fin de siècle, end of the century, 19th century Impressionist uh, sensibility. So it's, it's lovingly and brilliantly orchestrated, although, as I said earlier, incredibly complicated and involved and really full fully realized and not quite overblown, but fully blown uh, orchestrations. So it's quite a, a, a challenge for the singer to to parachute her voluptuous voice over the orchestra. Ms. Fleming, of course, who premiered the work, probably had little problem because she's got such a big voice. And as well, our, our brilliant young soprano for this performance, Thalys Trevignier, managed to soar over the orchestra in the most glorious way. So here now, a performance of Aaron Kernis's vocal piece with orchestra, Valentines. The soprano is Thalys Trevignier, conductor is David Allen Miller, me, uh, the orchestra is the Albany Symphony, and the four songs are Valentine, Miles Away, Mrs. Midas, and Who Loves You. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. The second half of our program opened with a fabulous little piece by Michael Doherty. What I really wanted to do in this concert was show the the unbelievable breadth and diversity of different American composers living and working in our country today. And I I think this concert really did that in a a wonderful, varied way. Michael Doherty was with us and talked a good bit about the the genesis of the piece to to the audience as well as to the orchestra. Uh, This piece, Rosa Parks Boulevard, is a part of a larger piece called Motor City Triptych. Uh, For a few years, uh, Michael 
Doherty, who's a distinguished professor at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, was the composer in residence of the Detroit Symphony and wrote a number of wonderful pieces for the Detroit Symphony. Among them, this one, Rosa Parks Boulevard. Michael wrote this piece in the 1990s, and he had the great good fortune, I guess through the Detroit Symphony, to have the opportunity to meet Ms. Parks, who was still alive and living in Detroit at that time. And in fact, Michael was invited to church with Mrs. Parks. So he he attended church with Rosa Parks, which in itself is quite an incredible experience, and uh, had a wonderful time at this very uh, intimate, small, uh, personal church that she went to, uh, where a great number of of sort of gospel songs and hymns and spirituals were sung. And uh, she particularly liked, well, she particularly liked a couple of spirituals. One of her favorites, she said, was O Freedom. And so Michael has very secretly snuck the melodies of O Freedom into this piece. But in addition, there was a a spiritual or a hymn played and sung that Michael had never heard called God's Trombones. And uh, when he asked Ms. Parks what her favorite instrument was, she said, oh, the trombone. So he decided to turn this piece into a a piece for three trombones, for the trombonists of our section and the orchestra. And uh, the three trombones are featured very, very prominently and sometimes stand in their place in the section, uh, sometimes stand, I guess, in front of the orchestra. Uh, In this case, because we were playing the concert at MPAC in Troy, which has a wonderful choral loft, we actually posted our three trombones up in the choral loft, our three trombonists. And so they, with their beautiful melodies, kind of soared over the orchestra for this, this very beautiful kind of evocation of the things that mattered to Rosa Parks, Rosa Parks Boulevard. The Albany Symphony is very fortunate to have amazing virtuosic players in all of our sections. And among the most virtuosic and the most extraordinary of all our players are the members of our trombone section, all three of whom are just astounding artists. So we were very happy to be able to feature them in this piece. They are principal trombonist Greg Spiritopoulos, second trombonist Karna Millen, and bass trombonist Pat Herbst. And they are the featured artists in this Fabulous little piece by Michael Doherty, Rosa Parks Boulevard. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. The Conductor's Notes podcast, featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony concert broadcast, is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. That was Rosa Parks Boulevard. The orchestra, of course, was the Albany Symphony. The trombones were Greg Spiritopoulos, Karna Millen, and Pat Herbst, and the orchestra was conducted by me, David Allen Miller. The final work on our program was another thrilling and exciting work by a a very important and, and brilliant American composer whom we're very fortunate to have right in our neighborhood. She's none other than Joan Tower, distinguished professor at Bard College in the Hudson Valley. And uh, again, we were delighted that, she, that Joan was able to join us for this concert. So we had so much fun with the composers all showing up and introducing their pieces. And uh, no one is more charming nor as funny in introducing a piece than Joan Tower. She talked in her introduction about the genesis of this violin concerto. It was written for the great American violinist Elmar Oliveira, and it was written more than 20 years ago uh, at a time, very sadly, when Elmar Oliveira's brother, who had also been a violinist, had just passed away, I guess rather prematurely. And uh, Joan very very sweetly and, and graciously wrote an homage to Elmar and his brother into the piece. It's about a 19-minute piece in one movement, but with very different and very contrasting sections, kind of a, a wonderful slow middle section and faster sections at the beginning and particularly at the end. But a fascinating and very unique feature of this piece is the fact that there are two cadenzas, two rather substantial cadenzas, fairly early in the piece and then fairly late in the piece. But what's unique about the cadenzas is that they are not 
solely for the solo violin, but they're actually for the solo violin and for the orchestra's concertmaster. And so there's this wonderful dialogue between these two violinists, uh, in essence, an homage to Elmar and his brother, uh, whom he had lost in the previous year. So our incredible soloist is a great friend of the Albany Symphony, an artist who's performed with us a great deal and has recorded with us a great deal, the uh, Taiwanese-born American violinist Lin Zhou-Liang, or Jimmy Lin, as all of his friends call him, Cho liang lin And uh, he's joined in the solo parts, in the, in the cadenzas, by the orchestra's own brilliant concertmaster, Jill Levy. Uh, the work is the Violin Concerto by Joan Tower, and here it is now. The orchestra is the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. Thanks for listening to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller of the Albany Symphony Orchestra from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org.